Hi there. I am so excited to invite you to attend our fourth annual free virtual special education and advocacy conference. We are hosting it here at Ashley Barlow Company in partnership with Rebecca Poe Teaching. And we are so excited for a few new things at this year's conference. The first new thing is that we have not just one, but two different tracks for attendance. For the first time ever, we have created a track that is specific for school staff and teachers. We also still have that traditional track that we intend to be really great for parents and caregivers in the IEP arena. So yes, we have a teacher track and a parent track. On that teacher track, you are going to learn about things like easier data collection, gestalt language processing, behavior reading, and other super hot topics in special education practice, as well as advocacy. On the teacher and caregiver track, you're going to learn about stress management for caregivers, using adaptive books, something that I have really kind of um, dove into here at my own house, inclusion advocacy, advocacy strategies, and so, so much more. That free ticket will give you one pass, one access to one presentation per hour on the track that you choose, either that teacher track or the parent track. Of course, if you are not available on January 19th or January 20th when the conference is taking place, you can buy tickets to access the conference on demand. And those tickets, of course, are available at our website, ashleybarlowco.com backslash conference slash 2024. Check out the website for more information about ticketing. This year, we also have something super exciting planned. We have decided to make this a two-day event. When I partnered with Rebecca Poe Teaching, I told her that I really feel like School districts, disability organizations, and other community organizations need to start providing trainings that are accessible to teachers, related service providers, administrators, parents and caregivers, and other community members that are interested in IEP support. What if we all attended the same training? What if we all learned information about special education practice? curriculum, how to read evaluations, that kind of stuff, about special education advocacy, how we can collaborate more, how we can work together, and even about special education laws. What if we all attended those presentations and we workshopped them together? So together with Rebecca Poe Teaching, I have created the Empowered Workshop Series, and we are excited to bring it to your organization or school in 2024 and beyond. If you are interested in having Rebecca and I bring a workshop to you, you can see a preview of the Empowered Workshops on January 19th, the Friday before our main conference programming. For more information about that, either send me a DM or check out the website, again, ashleybarlowco.com backslash conference dash 2024. We hope to see you January 19th and or January 20th and can't wait to connect with you. Hi everyone. Welcome to the Ashley Barlow Company podcast. I'm Ashley Barlow, your host. If you are a parent, 
a teacher or someone who works at a school, or you're a community member, a volunteer or a staff member at an organization that supports people with special education plans, a coach, a tutor, or even a grandparent, you're in the right place. Sit back with an ice cold glass of lemonade, put on your walking shoes and grab some headphones, roll down the windows and cruise. Ready, set, go. Educate, advocate, collaborate. Welcome back to Special Education Advocacy with Ashley Barlow. I'm Ashley Barlow, and I'm so happy you're here. So today we're going to talk about phonological awareness. And the reason we're going to talk about phonological awareness is because it can become, it can be a really good sign that a student is struggling with reading or that a student is going to struggle with reading. I say colloquially that phonological awareness is about a student's ability to play with language. And so we're going to dive into that a little bit deeper. I'm actually referencing a book that I got when I did my MC training. I'm not sponsored by MC, but I did their Orton Gillingham reading training. MC stands for Institute of Multisensory Education. And when you register for their OG plus training, you get a book by Yvette Z-G-O-N-C called Phonological Awareness, Assessment Tools, and Strategies. And this book has been really helpful for me in understanding how my own child, some of my students, and my tutoring clients understand and process language. So that's what phonological awareness is. It is the ability to understand, process, play with language. And it is so important to the process of reading. So let me tell you first why I oftentimes talk about phonological processing with my students or with my clients. So I will have parents that come to me and say, my kid is not reading at school. Sometimes this happens early, like kindergarten, first grade, and sometimes it happens super late. I have literally had students that have struggled with phonological processing and with reading in middle school and high school before the parents have been like, I think this is a problem and I don't think that he or she is learning how to read. And one of the reasons that's true, particularly for students with dyslexia, is because until the reading really starts to take off in third or fourth grade, until we really start to get into morphology and put parts of words together in order to read, they can fake it pretty well. They can memorize words. They can memorize the shape of words. They can guess pretty well. They can use context because literature is still involving pictures at that age. And then all of a sudden they get to fourth, fifth, and particularly middle school grades, and they are reading in order to learn. They're reading from textbooks. They're reading on their computers. They're reading about science and social studies and even math. And it becomes harder because we're losing those context clues. We're putting longer words together. Stuff is getting simply more complicated. So that's why we see this happen a lot. And one of my first questions when clients come to me and say, I just don't think my student, my child is learning how to read, is actually reading. I say, we might have a deficit in reading. Let's talk about phonological awareness, phonological processing. So does your child play with words? What about rhyming? Rhyming is a huge piece of phonological awareness. What about the ability to add together the individual phonemes to blend? At, cat. So this is the kind of stuff that we're going to talk about in, in today's episode. 
So first of all, what is phonological awareness? So very simply, phonological awareness is the understanding that our language is broken up into different sounds. Those sounds are called phonemes. So our words are made up with individual sounds and the sounds are called phonemes. Phonological awareness is simply the awareness. Phonological processing is the ability to process those sounds and to do something with them. That is, in fact, what makes us fluent, good, effective, functional readers. The ability to put all of those sounds, to put them together and to encode them, to spell, and to decode them to read. So phonological awareness is different than phonemic awareness. Phonemic awareness is the idea that our words are made up of individual sounds. So the k and t, not necessarily the sounds all put together. So it's a, a subpart of phonological awareness. Phonics is obviously a piece of this. It is you hear the word phonics that is similar to phonological. So phonics is the ability to match a phoneme and a grapheme, a sound and a letter or a combination of letters. In Orton-Gillingham programs, we will have something called a phoneme-grapheme chart. And as students, I just did one for one of my tutoring clients. As students learn, I don't have one in front of me. Not many of you watch on YouTube anyway, but I was going to hold it up. As students learn the different spelling rules and they learn the different sounds in the English language, we actually, in the program that I utilize, we actually highlight those graphemes and phonemes so that they see what they know and they see how many other sounds exist in the English language. And they see that certain sounds can be spelled different ways. So long A, for example, can be spelled with just a long A and an open syllable like Cable, K, bowl, it's just the long A. Actually, that does have a, a magic E at the end. It can be spelled A with the magic E. It can be spelled A-E, A-Y. I have literally had students that have struggled with phonological processing and with reading in middle school and high school before the parents have, you know, been like, I think this is a problem and I don't think that he or she is learning how to read. And one of the reasons that that's true, particularly for students with dyslexia, is because until the reading really starts to take off in third or fourth grade, until we really start to get into morphology and put parts of words together in order to read, they can fake it pretty well. They can memorize words. They can memorize the shape of words. They can guess pretty well. They can use context because literature is still involving pictures at that age. And then all of a sudden they get to, you know, fourth, fifth, and particularly middle school grades, and they are reading in order to learn. They're reading from textbooks. They're reading on their computers. They're reading about science and social studies and even math. And it becomes harder because we're losing those context clues. We're putting longer words together. Stuff is getting simply more complicated. So that's why we see this happen a lot. And one of my first questions when clients come to me and say, I just don't think my student, my child is learning how to read, is actually reading. I say, well, you know, we might have a deficit in reading. Let's talk about phonological awareness, phonological processing. So does your child play with words? What about rhyming? Rhyming is a huge piece of phonological awareness. What about the ability to add 
together the individual phonemes to blend k and cat. So this is the kind of stuff that we're going to talk about in, in today's episode. So first of all, what is phonological awareness? So very, very simply, phonological awareness is the understanding that our language is broken up into different sounds. Those sounds are called phonemes. So our words are made up with individual sounds and the sounds are called phonemes. Phonological awareness is simply the awareness. Phonological processing is the ability to process those sounds and to do something with them. That is, in fact, what makes us fluent, good, effective, functional readers. The ability to process all of those sounds, to put them together and to encode them, to spell and to decode them to read. So phonological awareness is different than phonemic awareness. Phonemic awareness is the idea that our words are made up of individual sounds. So the and not necessarily well, the sounds all put together. So it's a, a some part of phonological awareness. Phonics is obviously a piece of this. It is, you know, you hear the word phonics that is similar to phonological. So phonics is the ability to match a phoneme and a grapheme, a sound and a letter or a combination of letters. In Orton-Gillingham programs, we will have something called a phoneme-grapheme chart. And as students, I just did one for one of my tutoring clients. As students learn, I don't have one in front of me. Not many of you watch on YouTube anyway, but I was going to hold it up. As students learn the different spelling rules and they learn the different sounds in the English language, we actually, in the program that I utilize, we actually highlight those graphemes and phonemes so that they see what they know and they see how many other sounds exist in the English language and they see that certain sounds can be spelled different ways. So long A, for example, can be spelled with just a long A and an open syllable like cable, K, bowl is just the long A. Actually, that does have a, a magic E at the end. It can be spelled A with the magic E. It can be spelled A-E. A-Y, all of these different ways to spell this, the, the sound A. So phonics is the ability to match up the spelling or the letters with the sound or the phony. Other pieces of phonological awareness that are super important and super interesting are the ability to rhyme, the ability to hear syllables, the ability to actually hear and do something with the phonemes and to manipulate the phoneme. And really, that's kind of what happens so often. Far too often, people, students and, and adults, have the letter sound down. They know that, you know, A says at and, and B says b. But what they don't know and what their brains have a really hard time doing is putting all of those sounds into something that actually makes sense. So what I thought I would do with you in today's episode is to talk to you about a an assessment that you could do informally with your students. I'm going to reference the assessment that's in this Zagonk book. But I just want to talk to you about things that you could do to explore whether or not your child might need help with phonological processing and phonological awareness. So the first basic skill is 
do we hear different words? So you might just like say sentences, basic sentences and say like, how many words are in that sentence? And, you know, and, and, and read it to them. Say a sentence. My teeth are red. Right? So then we say, my teeth are red. Okay, that has four words in it. So just understanding the different words is one part of it. Another part of phonological awareness is rhyming. So we can say, do these two words rhyme? Or we can say, hey, can you think of a rhyming word for this? We can also read books and have our students, our, our children, fill in the last word of the book. Jack is really good at this if it's a familiar book. If it is not a familiar book, he cannot do it. His phonological awareness and phonological processing are really impaired. And so he can do the Dr. Seuss books because we've done those a hundred times. But man, are they good for him to really kind of hear the rhymes. If I ask him if two things rhyme, he always says yes. And I ask, if I ask him to create a rhyme, hey, Jack, what rhymes with Jack? He can't do it. Even if we call him the big Jack attack and, you know, Big Mac and we give him a lot of examples, I'll say Jack, Mac, Tack, you do one. And he can't do it. So that's telling me that his phonological processing is maybe a concern. And I'll tell you now that it actually is. So really kind of playing with rhymes in those different ways. Can we recognize a rhyme? Can we complete a rhyme? Can we make a rhyme? All of those things are helpful. So see if your students can do that. Then let's see if we can take two different hunks of words and make a compound word. So can we do chalkboard? So can we say chalk and board makes chalkboard? So, you know, can we put together two parts of a word? And it doesn't have to be a compound word like that. It can be water is water, right? And then see if you can break words apart. So can you break apart water into water, into the syllables? Try longer words, if they can do it with short words. You know, if they can do two syllables, see if they can do three, and then see if they can do four, see if they can do fantabulous, how many syllables are in there. Then play with syllables and see if you can add or you can take away a syllable. So what is water without the tur? Wa. What is water without the w? Otter. What is water without the wa? Water. So like play in the bingo game. B-I-N-G-O. And then you take away the, the B and you just say, most of the times you clap I-N-G-O, clap I-N-G-O. So similar to that, how are we sounding that word out without that initial sound? So try to add and take away initial sounds, middle sounds, end sounds. And then also the, the, the parts of the word, the syllables. See what happens there. If you find any struggles there, then you probably want to think about phonological awareness. If you don't have struggles there, then you probably want to up the ante to see if you get it, if you, you know, progress along the skill line. So then think about how like if we can substitute sound so now we're going to think about blending so phonological awareness really as we said you know lends into this idea of blending 
And, you know, I see a lot of students that are in second, third, fourth grade that can get everywhere up to here because they live in language-rich environments and their parents and their teachers have worked so hard to get them there. And then you start to blend and nothing is working. And And really the issue is that we're kind of like pointing out that phonological awareness piece. So Let's start to think about how we can blend. So the first thing is give, you know, a CVC word like, you know, cat, C-A-T, okay? And then change one sound. So change that C to an M. Can we do mat? Okay, cool. And now let's change the T to a P, mat. Cool. Now let's change the A to an O, mop. Can we do those things? You can build those if you just go on Teachers Pay Teachers, or you can probably even make your own. During the pandemic, I made Jack some with rings on them, and we flipped through utilizing rings. But you can do it any old way. In fact, online for free, you can find blending boards, and you can just do it with with the actual blending board. So can we play with the language? An important distinction is, can we do it orally, or can we do it With the manipulative, does it help if we use, you know, a little token or how can we make this, how can we make this easier? So I think those are the basic skills that talk to us about phonological awareness. If you run through these ideas with your child formally or informally and you see that they have struggles, they have troubles, you might want to talk to a psychologist about having them evaluated for reading troubles, and you might talk to them informally about your student's phonological awareness. These are all skills that should be worked on in reading programs. So we should be working on rhyming. We should be working on blending, obviously, but we should be working on the foundational skills so that we can, you know, continue to become more automatic and more fluent readers. The last note that I will make, and this is the encouragement to all of you out there that are like, yeah, my child is really bad at that stuff, is phonological awareness and phonological processing. These skills are not absolutely necessary in order to become readers. They might help you become, they definitely will help you become a more efficient, better reader, but we can have workarounds for all of these deficits. Got to keep working on them, but we absolutely can still learn to read with these deficits. As promised, I'm trying to keep most of our episodes short and sweet this summer because I want you to be able to access stuff and I don't ever, well, I don't want to overwhelm you with the amount of time that we're spending. But I know a lot of you are working on reading in the summertime. That's a great time to work on reading. And so I wanted to address that for you because it might give you some good insight when you get back to school in the fall. I will see you next week, same time, same place. Have a great week.